What's Cooking, supported by Auckland Art Gallery Toyo Tamaki. Become a member today for great art benefits. Now, The Other's Way is happening Friday the 1st of December all along K Road. I think there's over 40 acts and a bunch of your classic venues on K Road that you love to head along to. You can get your tickets from banishmusic.com or .co.nz. Just use Google. You'll get there. Others way, banished music. Get your ticket right now. It's going to be an absolute scorcher of a night. It is the first day of summer, and uh, it's a great weekend to really kick things into gear. It's a Friday night, so it's going to be a lot of fun. You'll be at full force, have full energy. Anika was lucky enough to speak to Patchy Man, who was down here with Automatic last year, uh, but he is making his uh, voyage back here to Aotearoa, and he will be absolutely fantastic at Others Way. So here's Anika's conversation with him last week. Patchy Man as a solo project really kind of took off during the advent of COVID when you were unable to play shows with prettiest eyes because of lockdown. So how mm-hmm. have you found kind of the creative process of making music differing from um, playing within a group? The the project started a little bit earlier. Like it started the um, 2019 and it was kind of like this project. It was kind of therapeutic for me to just like be on my own with like the gear that I had acquired, like kind of years and years of just like acquiring like like keyboards or snares hi-hats microphones random bunch of random microphones and just like really getting into wanting to produce like my own sounds instead of like going to the studio to record stuff i was just like i want to try to like really figure it out therapeutic process like in between tours where it's like i'm just gonna you know go in my basement and like write tunes like no pressure and it became this kind of like thing where i like had total control of the of like what i what i could do you know like and and it kind of like all of a sudden gave me a sense of direction which is Mm. like when you're with a group it's kind of different because everybody's like shooting ideas around and you're all kind of like building it together and you kind of find the direction when like when the thing is complete right yeah and with like this solo project it it was kind of like oh i know i want to go in this direction now well i'm gonna go in that direction now so it's kind of like how do i get to that point you know and then when covid happened it was just like all of a sudden we're all locked in and going through so many things because there was like so many things that were going like apart from covid that were happening around the world that were so intense and it was just kind of a way for me to like to keep putting out like music that was more delight and uh, and to to bring joy into people's lives because it was like these series of videos that people would see yeah. every Saturday and I just started like doing that and it was kind of like that's where it like really took off well yeah because I guess one of the wonderful things about being a multi-instrumentalist as you are is that yeah. during kind of COVID lockdowns when people aren't able to get out and enjoy music through the videos that you were making on Instagram and stuff you were really taking listeners on a journey through the creative process absolutely yeah yeah that's what it was like it became like I wanted to document it because it was like the style of music that was very popular in Jamaica in the Mm. 70s but there was like very little documentation of like how it was made and how the process was made and I thought like oh maybe I could just shed some light into like this process if I make some videos of like modern day someone doing it with like that those intentions in mind with like easier to capture videos nowadays and stuff like with modern technology you know yeah which is really cool because i feel like especially from an audience point of view it's kind of a completely different way of experiencing music when we're so used to being able to go to things and see them live and all of a sudden you can't it's just a really cool way to still keep the audience and listeners 
engaged through the whole yeah, process definitely. of like creating a track, which is awesome. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> I, felt, I feel like it's also like it, like that being locked in for so long also gave everyone like the uh, the opportunity, like if you like if you had the the means to figure it out, like you could like really hone in on like the sonic and the songwriting aspect of making a record. Yeah, and course. not really count on live shows because we were like, mm. maybe we'll never play live again.
you got into music when you were very young. And so what were some of kind of your earliest music inspirations? And do you think those inspirations are still influencing your sound now? I guess like the first things that like really got me into music was like the first time I heard like a jazz guitar that sounded like what I think in retrospect was a, a Wes Montgomery track possibly. And asking my mom what that was, and she was like, "Oh, this is jazz." And I was like, "Oh, jazz, that's cool." <laughs> Growing up and like like an angsty teenager, getting into grunge and Nirvana, putting out Nevermind was also kind of like those that moment of like, "Oh my god, music is amazing." And I feel like a lot of these influences still live on because I like now in my late thirties, I feel like there's a lot of uh, I I listen to a lot of like crowd rock, a lot of like experimental electronic stuff, a lot of like ambient stuff a lot of different stuff and i feel like it all kind of influences my work particularly with this record switched on i wanted to like explore more mm. more exper- like a more i wanted to explore my influences farther in and like combining with like my for, with my obsession with like roots reggae and like dub reggae Mm. And I guess like what I didn't talk about earlier is like when I was in high school, I got really obsessed with reggae, you know, because it's mm. an island, you know, it's like New Zealand can like be can can relate to this where it's like it's an island and there's like a lot of like reggae music is kind of like part of the culture. Yeah, and it definitely was like a thing that like like I, I I started listening to a lot of it and I got really obsessed with like the sound of like early Jamaican stuff and when yeah. I started listening to other styles of music I think it wanted it like made me really interest in getting a big interest in producing and like trying to like mix all these things together in a yeah. way that made sense. Because, yeah, because just for our listeners as well, you grew up in Puerto Rico? I grew up in Puerto Rico, yes. And so when did you make the move over to L.A.? I moved up in 2012. Yeah. I was like 26 years old and I wanted to kind of like explore a different path of like music. I had a band back in Puerto Rico that we like for years talked about moving out Mm. to a different place in particularly Los Angeles we don't know why we're all like oh I think that's where music happens <laughs> and <laughs> with the band it ended up fizzling out but like we two of us moved out to Los Angeles yeah and continued and started a different project called Prettiest Dice that yeah. that was where I started to play drums that's awesome. like what interested me into like drumming and eventually into producing and so how did it feel kind of you know your early sound was pretty influenced by the community you were growing up in and stuff how did it feel taking that sound to a place like LA which obviously has a lot of different genres and sounds and styles going on at the same time how was it kind of you know, finding your space there I mean it, it's interesting because a lot of people like showed like an interest immediately and it was mm. really like one of the first things that I learned was like a lot of people in like in this city in particular maybe it's because I don't know why but like a lot of people like have interest in music and interest in supporting local musicians so when I would say that I was in Puerto Rico or like I would show them sounds from the island it was like immediately there was like oh that's so cool like I can't believe I've never heard this before Mm. and like there was like this common thread of like interest in like wanting to listen to music that from different parts of the world it's funny because like I ended up doing Prettiest Styles, which was kind of like a synth punk crowd rock kind of like industrial thing and then when I started Pachi Man that was like kind of like paying homage and like really digging from my roots in Puerto Rico People like responded so well in Los Angeles that I was like, wow, (laughs) you guys really down with this, huh? You know? Yeah, because I feel like, you know, obviously Patch Man has really 
grown exponentially a lot over the last few years and now yeah. you've got a mega stacked run of shows in the US and internationally <laughs> between now yeah. and early next year. <laughs> How's Truly. it kind of been sharing the new record to a live audience? You know, that, that, it's a good question because I'm, I'm still like, I still haven't gone out to like support the new record <laughs> and I was nervous for a while because I was like, this is so different and it's like so, I feel like so more vulnerable because <laughs> a lot of the music is <laughs> like way more connected to like my really like my my musical interest that I started feeling like oh my god are people gonna hate this <laughs> but I did a couple of shows in LA and I did a I went to New York and it was such a beautiful response and people were like really paying attention that it was a very beautiful experience to like go from like doing like the first couple of release like the first release like the return of which like it was like vibey and like heavy dub and mm. everybody's that dancing to like this more like ethereal I wouldn't I don't know like switched on kind of vibe is like the best thing that I could explain it and like people like paying attention to what's like happening in the music you know it's been yeah. it's been a whirlwind of, ex- of, of emotions so I'll definitely say that. And obviously, so you're playing at Levitation Festival over this coming weekend. Is that one of the biggest events you've played at so far? I, I think so. I uh, I mean, yes, Levitation is like, this show in Levitation, I'm playing like at 8.30 and the main stage inside. And that's oh, awesome. pretty big. Like, yeah, that's a pretty big step for, yeah. you know, for an artist that like was independent and sp- playing really small stages in the last year and a half. So it's definitely one of the one of the big ones. I've also like had the opportunity to open for like bigger bands and like, yeah, I opened for Krongbin in Mexico City and it was Amazing. crazy. Like, it's like 5,000 people. I was so fucking nervous. Sorry, I don't know <laughs> if I could say that word on, on the air. No, you're, you're good I, to go. It, it was definitely like a moment of just like, of like trial by fire. But it was an amazing experience. Yeah, like I feel like I've like had a little bit of training before getting into like my own set on a on a big stage for people, you know. Because you've got quite, you've got quite a big sort of festival and show run and supporting run coming up who are some of the artists you're super super excited to be playing alongside i mean on levitation i'm really excited that like say she she and bad bad not good are on the same oh, on the yeah. same bill there's this band called nolan pa- uh nolan nolan potter's nightmare band that i've been a big fan of for a long time they're also like a local austin outfit and it's like incredible i mean i don't know there's like so many things that are like have like so many stages that i'm like taking on with like <laughs> support artists that i'm like so excited to be a part of you know yeah definitely. and also of course alton Goon. of course alton Goon. oh that's gonna be great and so i mean if if you can pick a few out of the bucket who are kind of some of your biggest musical inspirations at the moment hmm, at the moment let's see i mean i feel like i'm i'm really happy to see like say she she doing so well because mm-hmm. me and p are good friends and i got to see them live for the first time at pickathon in portland and it was an incredible experience i'm also a big john carroll kirby fan oh yeah it's like one of my it's like one of my my favorites my good friends automatic are also an amazing band yeah. that i've like had the opportunity to share the stage actually in auckland in new zealand with them and it was incredible because obviously we're all really excited to see you at the others way how are you feeling about coming back to auckland i am so happy about this i <laughs> didn't think that it was it was gonna happen twice in one year and like my awesome. first time over there i was like i want to i want to try to spend whenever whenever it's winter in america i just want to be in summer mm-hmm. in that side of the world 
as we said, you've got kind of a big run of like touring and stuff coming up. Following on from that, what's next mm. creatively? Like, is there anything you sort of haven't done musically yet that you're looking forward to kind of doing in the near future? I want to like discover, I want to see where like the, the project kind of naturally evolves to. I maybe I kind of want to see if I could have like a drum kit follow more look like electronic or like drum machines kind of like Lee Perry style like mm. early Lee Perry production style I kind of want to see if I could get more into the realm of, of making like songs that sound kind of like punky reggae like kind of like post-punk but still like dub in a particular way I want to see if I can explore those more in a way that it makes sense and I have also like want to see like part of like the whole philosophy of this project is like I'm trying to deconstruct these rhythms like these reggae rhythms that I like grew up with and trying to reconstruct them again mm. in a way that like are different like are a little bit different from like what it used to be and see if I, if I could just keep evolving my own sound to the point where like it becomes like this own like its own thing you know which is really yeah, cool. Yeah, for sure. Which is really cool. And um, yeah. just finally stepping away from music for one minute, is there anything mm-hmm. sort of not music related that you're really looking forward to coming up? Uh, Non-music related? Yeah. Just like your travels, anything you're keen to do in any of these, the vast variety of places that you're going to? I mean, it's just like there's so many like music related things that are happening for the next six months that I'm like wow do, will I have like a, a break to do something else <laughs> I might go back to Puerto Rico oh, in nice. January and I and that's always kind of like what I look forward to it's like going mm. back home and just like soaking up the sun and it's like a very energetic moment like a very like re-energizing moment oh beautiful I'm also too, I'm a big I like to ride my bike a lot in Los Angeles oh, so yeah? I'm like I'm like kind of like looking for forward to like kind of when it gets a little bit colder just like put on a sweater like and just ride <laughs> at noon every day that's like i'm a simple person you know i like just like the simple pleasures of life i'm also gonna spend some time in like the the gold coast of australia right oh, after sick. like i leave auckland i'm like leaving i'm playing the show in auckland then i go and play seasonal food in australia and i think i have like a couple of days off in a cabin in oh, the in like awesome. uh, in the beach so i'm really looking forward to that
What's Cooking, supported by Auckland Art Gallery Toyo Tamaki. Become a member today for great art benefits.